Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Folks, welcome to Trainwreck tonight. 302, sponsored by your place to buy a case, Outlet Liquor. We have a ton to get to on the show. We got Bill's Camp rocking and rolling. There's no shortage of storylines there. We got all kinds of stuff from this past weekend. The dog days of summer might be behind us as we have football every week until 2024. And hey, if you check the calendar, even the Sabres season is less than 80 days away. And on the other side of this intro, we'll get to some John Warrow drama from last week. But with that said... Let's go. You don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. You don't stop. Welcome to Trainwreck tonight, 302, titled Storyline, Story Fine, because it seems like all the storylines in Buffalo sports are going just fine. I hope you're having an amazing July 31st, and as we head into August, make sure to make Outlet Liquor your place to buy a case. It is the ultimate spot, whether you're planning for the weekend, planning for a party, or planning for anything at all, Outlet Liquor, Georgia Urban Boulevard in Depew. Uh, let's get right into it here. Uh, unless you're under a rock, if you follow me or train wreck last week, obviously we had a little bit of a John Walrow uh, drama, or as I like to call him, Johnny three dubs. Um, just rewinding a little bit. Um, John Walrow, for those who you, who do not know, uh, he's an associated press writer, covers uh, Western New York and the Buffalo area, covers some stuff of as well up North. Um, you know, he's an interesting figure on uh, social media for the most part. It's kind of being a bit of what some would call a curmudgeon, I guess, uh, you know, to not use that word lightly, but he's interesting. And here's the, the long story short. Okay. This came up this past week. He had a weird interview with Diggs where he was kind of trying to, you know, lure Diggs into talk about some cryptic tweets and whatnot. Diggs reviews it as much to do about nothing and really didn't engage him. I cut it. Uh, kind of put it together and, you know, questioned him. 
He he called me an idiot, basically said I, I you know, might have cost someone at their job a year ago. And I called him a fucking idiot, plain and simple. So with that said, let's break it down. John Warrow, his body of work for what he's done for the AP, it deserves respect. Okay. Nobody maintains a position for that long. Nobody does that amount of work without, you know, earning the respect of everyone else. But just like Tony Soprano said in The Sopranos, those who want respect give respect. And in the way that John Wawrow acts, he just doesn't deserve respect, plain and simple. I could call him a number of other things. I could point out a myriad of other examples. I could, you know, show screenshots, things like that. But plain and simple, Johnny Three Dubs, not a guy who gives respect. And for that reason, plain and simple, he's not going to get respect from me or the hundreds of other people who are letting him know what a dumbass he is. Getting into the rest of the week, the past weekend, the weekend recap, uh, you know, we obviously had another boring PGA weekend. It was a great Buffalo summer weekend, so the weather was awesome there. I hope you got everything done. For me, it's kind of like the calm before the storm. I'm trying to get stuff done on the weekends because I know come September, October, I'm going to be wanting to stay in for Sabres games. I'm going to be wanting to stay in for college football. I'm going to be wanting to stay in for the NFL when the Bills are in prime time. So for me, it's about doing as much stuff as possible. I was able to get out on the water um, on a boat. So shout out to the boat. Shout out to AJ uh, managing that there. Uh, we could have used a little bit more sun. It was a little spotty on Sunday, but no complaints. Can never complain when you're out on a boat having a great time. Shout out T-Pain, Andy Sandberg. We were on a boat. Uh, but today was Bill's Camp Day 5. I was fortunate to be in attendance this morning uh, in at St. John Fisher. Uh, not with a press pass, obviously. With that said, uh, still, you know, quite the experience. Always good to be at Bill's Camp. I always call it kind of like a rock concert or like a music concert multiplied by a Bill's game because it seems like it's kind of more of a party, you know, everything going on there. I will say I was pretty shocked at how many people were at camp on a uh, Monday during the workday. I took some PTO today for those who are trying to poke holes through any of my logic. Uh, but yeah, the buses were definitely backed up at uh, Pittsburgh Menden High School. We rode those in. It's always a great experience, kind of getting the hype, getting excited with fans. And from there, you know, the practice took over. Um, today was the first day in pads. A lot of, you know, people excited for that. I would say the hitting definitely wasn't at 100%. Uh, there were a couple opportunities where their balls over the middle. The defense could have maybe laid the wood, lay, laid the lumber a little bit heavier. Uh, they did not, but that's obviously their prerogative. I'm sure they're getting instructions in the coach and everything, but great to have this team in pads and start to see, you know, what they're forming up as. And really for me, the funny thing and the awesome thing about camp today was the storylines, uh, truthfully, because I just like you and, and any of your other friends who are Bills fans, any of your family members who are Bills fans, uh, you know, we've been following them on social media, whether it's Sal Sports, Matt Bovey, John Scott, Matt Perino, Thad Brown. Uh, you know, a number of great sources there, obviously for what's going on at camp, but it's cool to see it play out, you know, in front of your own eyes. Uh, so with that said, I'd love to go over some of them that I saw and, you know, my thoughts on them. the first one that I want to talk about obviously is cornerback two. at the end of last year. I had no doubt in my brain, my silly little smooth, tiny microscopic brain that Kyrie Elam was going to be our cornerback two at worst. Uh, I thought maybe even he could challenge, uh, you know, a, a still recovering Trey White this offseason for the position of uh, CB1. But obviously the interesting thing that many, you know, have pointed out is that it's been Dane Jackson and co getting work at CB2. And, you know, Kyrie Lim's been the outside looking in. 
Today, it seemed like he kind of took that with a chip on his shoulder because when it got to one-on-one matchups, the first matchup against Diggs, he got a stop. Uh, There wasn't really a flag. Uh, Diggs was looking for a flag, and they were drawn back and forth. There was another rep after that where Diggs won. It was kind of an extended, like, go, stop, like, out route. So, I mean, I don't know if Josh would have had enough time to find Diggs during this drill, which was just CB on wide receiver. But Kyer Elam is absolutely playing with a chip on his shoulder right now, in my opinion. He was drawn at Diggs. He was going at the wide receivers, and he was playing – like he had a job to win. So very interested to see how that CB2 storyline will continue to evolve. Uh, one that kind of made its own way was during Gabe Davis presser when he talked about, you know, how Stefan has kind of, you know, appreciated him, has kind of acknowledged, you know, what a great receiver he'd be, how he might be the team's number one wide re- or a number one wide receiver if Stefan was not a Buffalo Bill. Today, it looked like it was more of uh, the same from Gabe Davis. Uh, it was definitely... A good practice for him. A number of connections with Josh. Uh, it looked smooth during the drills. It looked pretty good on the field during, um, you know, the offense-defense part of it. I don't know if you'd call that 11-on-11 11 11 since it was kind of just uh, fraction. It was a little bit of a, you know, fraction piece of practice. But Gabe absolutely doing everything he needs to be to get back. And it's interesting because a lot of the talk was that halfway through last year, you know, he was pacing what we needed him to be in certain spots. You know, I think he had... Uh, big touchdowns, obviously, against Los Angeles. He had a big touchdown against Kansas City, and he obviously had the monster game against Pittsburgh. Uh, but I think fans are looking for a little bit more consistency from Gabriel Davis, and hopefully with you know full health, full throttle, uh, he'll be able to deliver that for Bills Mafia and more in Orchard Park this fall. Uh, and then going on to one, uh, what do we got, one more? No, two more. Uh, you know, we had... Uh, practicing pads today. So the obviously anticipated thing was Demar Hamlin. Uh, so kudos to the bills front office, the PR staff so far through how players are, you know, needed for interviews and everything. They've kind of done it perfectly. Uh, they had Stefan Diggs day one, right out of the gate, uh, as well as another vets along the way you Had Mitch Morse with the mini mafia yesterday. So you love to see that. And then today, the first day in pads, uh, that was, uh, DeMar Hamlin's time. I think he had about a 20 to 25 minute press presser from what I saw. And obviously he's excited to be, you know, back at it. Uh, anyone would be obviously given his circumstances and what he had to overcome, what he had to persevere through. And it'll be interesting to see if he can persevere to making an NFL roster. Uh, Cause obviously it's not on the outside looking in, but Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are our safeties. So it's re- And you got Taylor Rapp. There's not a ton of room in that secondary for roster spots. So, DeMar Hamlin has obviously shown himself to be a valuable entity of the McDermott defense. So we'll see if he can kind of maintain, not his composure, but maintain that tempo, maintain that excitement, maintain that, uh, you know, incline in his game and see if he can actually make this roster going into the year. And we just alluded to it. My final favorite storyline, and this is actually my number one after today, is this McDermott defense. You know, you'd read about it. It might be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, Certain players might be doing different things, personnel, yada, yada, yada. I saw it in full form today. Uh, The offense and the defense tend to split up sometimes when they're doing practice. You'll have, you know, the O-line doing one thing, uh, Josh and the receivers maybe doing another, and then the defense will go off to the second field. When the defense went off to the second field, there was a portion where McDermott was playing QB. And let me tell you, he wasn't quarterback in the offense, folks. He was Mike putting every 
defensive player under a microscope as far as how he wants the defensive line attacked, how he wants them to play off the ball, how he wants to play off the snap, and much, much more. Uh, we'll get some video on this. We did do some today. Uh, we'll get that out. But it was very cool to see how hands-on McDermott is going to be with this defense. And it leads me to say another thing, is that if this defense, whatever happens with this defense this year, it, it, it almost has nothing to do with the players. It is 100% on McDermott. And I don't discredit, you know, Ed Oliver, Greg Russo, Von Miller eventually coming back, Matt Milano, Taylor Rapp, Micah Hyde, Tredavious White recovering after coming back last year. Yes, they can all make plays. They can all, you know, do their job, for lack of a better term. But my goodness, with how much of an input, fingerprints, et cetera, that McDermott has on this defense, it's almost all on him. It's almost all on Sean McDermott for what this 2023 Bills defense uh, is going to be. And then just kind of getting into, you know, some of the other stuff. Obviously, it was cool to see the units work together. Some of the people on social have said that Stefan Diggs was playing with an edge today. I very much agree with that. He was trash talking everyone. He was throwing ball into the stands, having fun with the fans. And he was talking a lot with Gabriel Davis and some of the younger receivers. So love to see that. The other thing, uh, speaking of, you know, talking in the meeting of the minds, very often today, Josh Allen and Dorsey, but when it wasn't just Josh Allen and Dorsey, it was Diggs, Davis, and Knox were the big three that were in there. Now, I don't know if uh, Dalton Kincaid has to work his way up because I know he's expected, it seems to be, to be a big part of this offense this year, but that seemed like the power trust. Diggs, Davis, Allen, Knox, Dorsey. They were talking. They were figuring out what this defense is going to be. And between McDermott and Metco, you could basically start to summarize what the Bills offense and defenses units are going to look like uh, for this year. Last but not least, uh, just kind of talking about it. And I don't mean, I don't mean the least in, in terms of size. Deontay Hardy had a nice, I don't know if it was a corner route. It was on the far side of the field, but had a really nice connection with Josh. Very excited to see what he can do. If they really do view him as a McKenzie plus, uh, if, you know, based on their contract that they signed him to with the bonuses and the incentives seems like they do. And that's very exciting. So we'll be able to see, Hopefully, whether Deontay Hardy can be what this offense needs to kind of go over the top. I think you take it like almost like a, um, you know, diversion or just someone to take the top off the defense. It just does so much with what you can do with Josh Allen, Knox, Kincaid within that first 15, 20 yards of the line of scrimmage. So very excited about that. And to kind of put a bow on it, excited to be back at camp. Uh, it was my first time since last year. I hadn't been at all last week. Uh, seems smooth sailing through camp, uh, storyline story. Fine. We got the title of this train wreck tonight, three Oh two. And that's kind of about the storylines of camp. Uh, there doesn't seem to be much controversy. Doesn't seem to be much issue. If anything is an issue or anything, it's, you know, Elam being CB three and certain other things people are taking with the depth chart. So super excited to see that and can't wait to see, uh, what else happens going forward with this team. And obviously training camp this Friday, we have a return of red and blue, so that'll be exciting, and we'll see where the team goes from there, but obviously practices the rest of the week and much, much more. As we kind of roll along in the sports world, uh, tomorrow we have the MLB trade deadline, so it's already kind of started. Uh, we had Shivali slipped to or shipped to the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm not going to lie, as a Yankees fan, I'm kind of holding out for Otani still. <laughs> Obviously, he said he's not going anywhere. The Angels seem to be, you know, super locked in at what they want to do and what they want to achieve. But I'm hoping that, you know, Cashman, I mean, Cashman's got to be desperate. Cashman has got to do something. I mean, this team cannot miss the playoffs, plain and simple. And 
much less missing the playoffs. This team needs to have some playoff success this year. So uh, hoping for a move. I don't know if Otani's even in play. I don't know who else is in play as far as, you know, what the other big names that the Yankees might want to acquire. Obviously, they just got Judge back. They can kind of play the, oh, that's our acquisition. But I feel like you just need another arm to kind of solidify that rotation. Maybe, you know, a, a bat for the middle of the lineup or something. But, I mean, you got Stanton, Judge. You got LeMayhew. Um, but, yeah, you're just going to need something more to get over the top if you're buying cash. And to show that no stone went unturned. I think I mentioned this in the uh, ramp up of the you know, weekend recap. It was another boring PGA weekend. We're on the other side of all the majors. It was a PGA weekend where the um, individual leading going into Saturday, going into Sunday one, uh, wasn't really close at all. Not much to say. If you're PGA, you got to make moves to be more exciting. You got to make moves to feature your stars better. So we'll see how they continue to grind and try to do that. Uh, but with that said, that's kind of our weekend recap. That's our show for today. Obviously, we have 42 days until Bill's Jets. It'll be here before we know it. Those Jets fans are raucous. They're ready to rock. They are ready to get out of control and crazy. Uh, the other thing, you know, truthfully, going ahead, we have a crazy weekend ahead. Like I said, you got the return of red and blue on Friday. We have SummerSlam in Detroit on Saturday. I will be in attendance as well as Slick L. And the Micahs, Timothy and Jake, will be there. Uh, so excited to see them, as well as Rob Ryan making the making the shot from uh, from Long Ryan Island out there uh, to the east. And on Sunday, very exciting. We will be hosting Ziggy's preseason pop off. Uh, that's Ziggy's in Rochester, um, one twenty seven Railroad Street, Suite one twenty, Rochester, New York, one four six zero nine. Right in the heart of the 585 there. We're going to have all kinds of awesome events. We will have a live podcast starting. Should be right around 3 p.m. So practice will be over. Should be in that 1 to 2 o'clock range. Make your way over to Ziggy's. It'll be the perfect spot for a post-practice hangout and a preseason pop-off. We will be doing a live podcast with Buffalo Food Slot as well as your favorite, my favorite, our favorite, brother Bill. And can't wait for that. Can't wait to see the games. We will have Bill's trivia and we might have some games and awesome competitions and giveaways along the way. So if you don't have any plans, well, if you did cancel them because it's Ziggy's preseason pop-off this Sunday, August 6th, 2 PM in Rochester, right after camp. So super excited for that. And super excited for all that's ahead. This is when the Buffalo calendar tends to hit, you know, the accelerator. We're through the quote-unquote dog days of summer. I, even though they might be ahead of us for most people, those without sports, those without everything are behind us. So we're excited. It'll be September 11th before we know it, folks. And then just like that, it'll be, you know, Saber season before we know it. So obviously enjoy everyone's summer. Make sure you have a good time. Make sure you have a good night tonight. And most importantly, go have a good night now. 